0: Featuring today's top search engine marketing innovators and the latest digital marketing trends, this is Edge of the Web.
1: Yeah, I'm putting my photos out on the line and I'm creating an exchange. Yeah, that's Instagram. But mine's more of a social sharing on the line that's happening. Online.
0: Quick interjection. When you keep saying on the line, you do mean online.
1: Stuart, you don't do that to a man. He's got a million dollar idea
2: right here.
0: Did you hear? We've been to the Google campus in Cali. What up? Try and argue with us now. This leading web marketing audio and video forum is presented by sitestrategics.com. Now, here's Aaron Sparks.
3: That's because you're drinking. Right. Yeah, I'm drinking. <laughs> 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 all
1: right, all right. Sit down, y'all. Hey, welcome back to The Edge. Yeah. Uh, now, we are talking to thought leaders regularly and bringing you insights into digital marketing tactics and concepts. We stopped by SMX uh, back in February, and, and we listened to a number of speakers, and we really were impressed with the talent out there and wanted to bring the speakers to our audience. Uh, we heard a number of very uh, informative speakers, but there was one that actually was very, very funny as well. She, dis- she discussed PPC tactics, but presented them with a heck of a twist. So we're going to be talking to Maddie Marketer, Maddie Cray of Point It, and talk to her about SEM and PPC and maybe a particular celebrity. So welcome back to The Edge. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Maddie, there you are. <laughs> thanks thanks for joining us today. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, around the table, I just want to introduce everybody. I'm Aaron Sparks. Uh, joining me in studio is Thomas Brodbeck and Sarah Stillinger from Site Strategics, as well as Jacob Bailick. Howdy, howdy.
0: Hello, hello. Thanks
1: for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You are so welcome, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Doug Carr of DK New Media and Marketing Blog.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm here too. And Doug, yeah. <laughs> we
1: outnumber you a number a number of ways. We're actually like a, a four to one ratio here, Doug. What's yeah, going it's, on? All right. it's his
3: equipment in We're, the studio though. We're on par with weight though, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, nice, oh, nice. <laughs> I can tell fat jokes. I'm fat. That. That's where, my where, right. Where, but where's the line though? I mean. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it in years.
1: (laughs) There we go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Maddie.
2: Uh, these are pretty lowball jokes here. I, I do apologize. Yeah, let's talk about Maddie.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. She's here. Every week, we actually bring you the latest internet and mobile marketing trends and the cutting edge digital marketing news to use for a more effective and successful online strategy. Jacob, why do we
2: do that? We're putting out the latest trends everybody needs to know in mm-hmm. the search engine marketing landscape.
3: Look at that. Yeah, see? Jacob was on it. Unfortunately, that Where was the wrong he... answer. You know. <laughs> Where has he been the last hundred and some odd episodes? Well, we focus on this so you can
1: spend less administrative time on your brand's uh, digital marketing act, uh, actions. And more importantly, so you can make more money without wasting your days away in in trying to find out the best techniques. So this is what this show is all about. The show is delivered by Site Strategics. We're an Indianapolis-based uh, internet marketing firm. We're known locally as well as nationally for digital marketing. Marketing dominance that actually translates into sales, not just good rankings. Hey, go figure, right? So if you want a free uh, consultation, just give us a shout at sitestrategics.com. That's S-I-T-E, strategics.com. Uh, or, or you can just uh, call us at three one seven eight eight two eighty five hundred, and you can also also get us uh, get, get a hold of us uh, toll free across the country. We do a lot of work with a lot of companies uh, all across the country, as well as out of country too. Uh, at eight seven seven SEO for web. and I'm going to translate that because nobody wants to do that. Right? I mean, the touch tone thing is just a pain in the butt. Right.
3: My finger gets tired on the zeros.
1: Now, now, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that last that last <laughs> digit that you screw up on? <tick, tick, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Eight seven 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 three six four nine three two. All righty, and uh, you can get a hold of the entire show at edgeofthewebradio.com, edgeofthewebradio.com. And actually, there's a new website on the horizon, guys, and it's going to be incredible. Yeah, we're doing a heck of a lot to uh, raise our own bar, but also get a heck of a lot of, of good content, uh, new content into the space. So check all that out at edgeofthewebradio.com. You can find all the videos, all the podcasts. We've been doing this for well over three years, and we have a rich amount of content across all the different Thoughts uh, tactics that we talk about social media, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, which Maddie's going to be speaking about today, uh, as well as email marketing and a sundry other digital tactics. How about that? Ooh, sundry. I'm saying. So, uh, Maddie, you want to join us on uh, what's going on in the news today? Yeah, sure. Fantastic. All right, well, let's find out what's hot off the press in today's webinar.
0: Tell me what you want. I want your complete attention. The latest internet marketing news.
1: From Search Engine Land, uh, Google is displaying gas prices in the local 3-pack. This is from Barry Swartz, and uh, we just interviewed Barry Swartz on the show. Last we did. Week. We had him on there. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping for a lunch. That sometime. was really exciting. <laughs> that was. We enjoyed it immensely, and uh, I think he did too. <laughs> but maybe maybe he might post us a link every once in a while. Who knows? Hey. Who knows? What? You'd only hope, right? <laughs> All right, so Google's displaying gas prices in the local 3 pack and if you're familiar with the local environment, the local 3 pack is a prime piece of real estate that Google's actually mashing up based on your your ge- geographic location. Well, now you can get gas prices for filling up your tank in the Google results when searching for gas. How about that? If you actually search for gas uh, on your Google desktop or mobile device, you may actually see not only the list of local gas stations, but also display the gas prices at those stations.
3: Aren't you going to get in a car wreck having your laptop out on your dashboard
4: like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's when I really want to know what prices are is when I'm in need of gas and I want to pay as little as possible. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, I mean, we're showing <laughs> on a mobile device and you're just yeah cruising along with that in your... Uh, on your mobile device, well, sure. I guess that that could be helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: one that we need that heads-up display, right? Why why has why isn't the innovation yeah. come up where we can actually have that full dashboard? Just a a,
2: a huge internet console.
3: Doesn't Waze already have prices on it?
2: Yes, yeah, so I, th- I thought so. Yeah, yeah. it would make more sense to have it featured in their maps, not yeah local results. But. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh.
3: yeah, that would I'm not in charge of
2: <laughs> Google, so. If I was. So. I guess the
3: key there is more real-time data, right? They're just yeah, getting sure. more and more yeah. real-time data into there.
2: Being
1: a utility, right. a consumer utility, that's what it is. But I mean, what happens whenever you use that information, you walk right into that next shell station or BP and say, the prices are here,
2: what are you doing? Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Or if they're inaccurate. If they're inaccurate, that's <laughs> I what I'm just, saying. I just if, think. No, they, I mean, like, so if it says it was $1.92 on the Google search result, but the oh. prices went up. Yeah. Uh, 20 cents or whatever yeah. I was like what
1: doesn't doesn't it doesn't it bode that poorly for the gas station sure. that's not pricing yeah, just, it based it's, on it's, what Google's yeah. actually Google is actually trying to affect the market
3: of gas I, prices I don't
4: know
3: I just want a monster slim jim sign on the gas station do they have monsters? Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: That, that's how I actually map my entire trajectory getting downtown. I have to have three stops before I get downtown. Nice. All right. From Search Engine Roundtable, from Barry Schwartz as well, Google's John. I know. Hey, he writes a lot. So, I mean, hey. He should probably tweet us. He should probably tweet us. I don't think he. I don't think he goes into social media. It's just search.
3: Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. All yeah. right. <laughs>
1: Google's John Mueller on redirecting versus uh, 404 products that no longer exist. He actually referenced uh, uh, a, a, a actual Matt Cutts video from 2014, sure. and they've been talking about uh, the out of stock products and Google, right? And uh, Matt, Puck, Matt Cutts actually posted a video uh, back in 2014 when he, when he was the man mm-hmm. about uh, how, what's the ratio of 4-4 four four products and actually redirection, redirecting products. And can you actually affect your overall organic value if you are actually, at a point in time, redirecting too many discontinued products? Ooh, that's interesting. And it is actually pretty mm. interesting. It
2: is. Yeah, I was kind of, I don't know. To me, I was, if they put a 4-4 four four error result in Google Webmasters tools, it right. should be redirected. Right,
3: that's what it seems like to me.
2: Yeah, but they're saying in the video, too many of them. If, it, if if you have, if you're a big website like mm-hmm. an Amazon, that you should have a four or four.
3: Well, here's error. here's here's another one. Here, so we physically we have, on the page, you should so, have we
2: should have the four or four error and right. have like related products that people can go to, and it doesn't redirect.
3: But we have a we have a client <clears> that has an e-commerce site, and they still have old query string variables for their product sure. IDs. Mm-hmm. So what happens to them if we redirect mm-hmm. every single URL yep. to a nice URL? Are they going to get punished somehow?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, what they're, that's what they're talking about. Well, John Mueller actually Boo. recently discussed it on Google Plus last Friday, and uh, and and Barry didn't didn't cover it until just now. Uh, he posted the, the link to Sean Anderson who covered it. Uh, it was an interesting way of answering it. He said in the video that they may treat 301s from old to not directly the same product as soft 404s as opposed to hard 404s. And uh, you, you can actually check out all of Sean's coverage. But I mean, the point is is the concept of. Yeah, let's kind of go through the 15,000-foot level here as opposed to completely geeking out to our audience mm-hmm. who may or may not know what it is. It's the point of housekeeping. It's a point of taking care of your garden. If you have a discontinued mm-hmm. product, you need to know what the best pro- process is of allowing Google to know that you're no longer servicing this product or allowing your cons- your consumers to know. The point is, just from a user-centric standpoint, let's even get out of search – if you're not attending to uh, old products and you yeah. have them stuck out there your conversion rate is is going to go in the tank because you're you're going to have out of stock listings Correct. people coming to your website if you're if they're seeing stuff that you're just not a- attending to the brand's affected there's an entire negativity that you're going to be stoking because you're just not taking care of your own backyard.
3: But here's another, here's a different one. Yep. What if it's events? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so you've absolutely. got events on your site, and you've got an event page, mm-hmm. but the event is passed, absolutely. and you don't want it indexed. D- sure. Does yeah, they mean- have
2: that unavailable after tag that they've mentioned before, but it still doesn't solve the 404 huh. issue. So it removes it from the index. Or somebody pulls up that I'm compuzzled, gentlemen <laughs> I know. and ladies. That doesn't make any sense. I agree. <laughs> okay,
1: I'm gonna move on now.
3: Uh, did we do we answer anything? We did there? not. We just, teed we, up, just uh, <laughs> we just, <laughs> we, just <laughs> we just puzzled everybody yeah. and, and puzzled ourselves further. I've
1: wasted two and a half minutes <laughs> of your life right there. Go read the link. And the link's all on the Edge of the Web Radio. You can check it out and uh, decide for yourself. Watch those videos. Yeah, watch and, the
2: match cuts video with right. the further explanation of it. Yeah.
1: I'm just saying. The the lesson to learn is take care of your own backyard. Whatever the best practices are, we need to pay attention to Google. But you need to make sure if you haven't even thought about oh wow we don't service some of these products anymore. You need to apply sure. it to your website. Okay, that's that's the that's the win for the day there. Okay. <laughs> All right, from Ad Week, um, actually, was uh, yeah, he here? Uh, Social Times actually, uh, Facebook Live API is open to developers. Everybody.
2: Yeah. yeah. Put, I think we'll be testing some of that out here i tried signing up the mm-hmm. edge earlier today yep but had to connect to some live nation tool or something so i didn't mess with it but uh yeah
3: the world know, is going to be a much better place is. when we have 300 million channels
2: <laughs> i agree <laughs> yeah no it's all it's all going to be one it's just going to be facebook and you just <laughs> never leave facebook, facebook tv you well I did facebook instant articles right you're, you'll never leave Facebook when you have to read an article. Yeah. All video streaming will be straight through Facebook. Mm-hmm. All sure. shopping probably will be done yeah. through Facebook in the near future. PlayStation 4 came out with TV. Oh, What's shit. that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You not hear that? No. For the gamers over there. No, I'm not a gamer. Just I know it came out. <laughs> you know.
1: Facebook will destroy yeah. PS4. <laughs> probably. No, I mean, they're, they're trying to go Omni Channel. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be the utility that Google's trying to be in their space, mm-hmm. right? Right, Maddie? Mhm.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was curious to hear like your guys' opinion, um, you know, I think of it immediately from the like monetizing from a paid search side, but mm-hmm. curious to think what you guys think is their goal besides just being omnichannel, channel Like what do you think their what do you think their goal is in in launching something like that? Like what do you think are their kind of initial gains that they you think they're trying to get? Well, in my opinion, like is it just Go ahead. well YouTube oh, go
3: ahead. you know YouTube live was popping up periscope of course Vine mm-hmm. you know the the rest of them and it, it so my thing is that I, I really feel like Facebook just just loves to swing that mallet yeah and they and they mm-hmm. and and so while everybody is out there testing all of this stuff hey we're just gonna go <laughs> Bam. And and the and figured yeah. out because we can and they
2: bought up all these companies. And yeah. yeah.
3: Now, now the interesting thing to me and and Maddie, like you're saying, from a monetization standpoint, the interesting thing to me is mm-hmm. that now people are subscribed, like. Like Facebook did a really terrible thing, I thought a, a long time ago, and that was that they they got us all to get our pages up and get a great following, and then they cut us off from the people that were following us and said, "Well, if you mm-hmm. really want to talk to them, pay pay mm-hmm. us." Mm-hmm. And now it looks like the the live videos are getting a preferential treatment, right? Uh, where you're not paying, right? So it'll be interesting to see if everybody gets live. Like I saw uh, to the Today Show the today show built yeah. out a studio just for facebook live hmm. and so now let's take that again everybody goes out gets tons of followers mm-hmm. gets their studios gets everything up and going and then <coughs> the yeah and then of course the feed is just a nightmare of video 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 yep. facebook is going to yep. say hey you know what start paying us yep. you know for viewers uh, yeah yeah
4: that's that's definitely my initial first thought, like looking at the adoption of it, who's primarily using it. I'm seeing, like you said, like news uh, casts. I'm seeing a lot of celebrity usage. I feel like it's also an attempt to try to bring in a certain viewership that's happening on, uh, you know, apps that compete with Facebook. The Instagrams, the Snapchats, um, where celebrities like post that kind of content or certain media groups or whatever are posting content. An attempt to kind of pull them back into doing more of that on Facebook, yep. and then, like you said, like taking a, an actionable next step. That's oh, now that we've got you captivated, how can we monetize it? Yep. Um, so I, I think I think that's you know ultimately they saw what other folks were doing and like you said, bought up some companies and said, oh, "Why why are we not you know captivating that audience like in our space as well?" I think that's their ultimate goal.
1: Absolutely, they're, they're trying to to. I, I... There's so many things that Facebook does, and there, you know, in a particular manner, I think from a, from a from a from a net user, there's there's a place where you need to go, stay in your own stay in your paddock, mm-hmm. stop trying sure. to experiment so much, and stop trying to lead your users by the nose. But at the same time, they're not paid users, so they're pretty much an ongoing active experiment, right? <laughs>
4: yeah
1: oh yeah and that said uh there's a crunch article as well from matt Matt southern uh, about facebook uh, uh, again in videos is that you can actually automatically tag your friends in videos very very soon as well so yeah there we go
3: great so all the people that (laughs) want me to share their video (laughs) are going to tag me without my permission pretty much you you don't make our
2: videos just tagged you in that photo, Doug. I know, but oh, it was Doug my just stay
3: sober when the video's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on. No promises. Oh, it's about right. 10 minutes a day, Jacob. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a window. You're yeah. trying. You're
1: trying. <laughs> nice. There's a great number of presenters at this year's Search Marketing Expo. Fantastic presentations on topics like SEO, SEM, social media, Google. Lots of stuff on Google. Well, we were privileged to hear a speaker that truly entertained and educated us, and that person is was and is <laughs> Maddie Carey, and she is the the uh, director of digital of paid uh, director of paid marketing at Pointed. <laughs> She covered PPC, pay-per-click advertising, and she covered it with a particularly unique theme. Can you get some more
3: peas in there? (laughs) (laughs) PPC pointed. This is without coffee. Wow, that was pretty awesome. It's kind of
1: like ritalin for me, though. (laughs) All right, Um. you've got to hear that uh, her take on it right after this.
0: You're listening to Edge of the Web Radio with Aaron Sparks. We're online with exclusive podcasts, the latest web news and links at edgeofthewebradio.com. This is today's leading digital marketing audio and video podcast. Thanks for locking in Edge of the Web. Stay with us 24 hours a day with our Edge of the Web app. Listen while you work. Listen during dinner no matter who you're with. Listen while you sleep. And listen while you brush your teeth. So get it now in your Google Play or Apple Store. Here's Aaron Sparks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Great number of presenters at uh, this year's Search Marketing Expo. Fantastic present- presentations on topics like SEO, SEM, social media, Google. Uh, we were privileged to hear a speaker that truly entertained and educated us. And that person is Maddie Carey. She's the director of paid search at Pointed. And she covered PPC, pay per click advertising, and she covered it with a particularly unique theme. So we're talking to her today on the edge. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Sparks. You can check us out at site We are an Indianapolis-based digital marketing firm focused on cost-effective web design and much, much more focused on success, actually, and how you can convert your traffic to leads. Uh, So we don't leave it right there at, hey, we're doing SEO. SEO's got to perform. Social media has to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, focusing on the results is what we're what we do on a regular basis. So, give us a call at eight seven 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 three six four nine three two, or you can come in have a, cup of, have a cup of coffee if you happen to be in Indy, and we can talk about your online success. Well, Maddie, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, thanks for having me, guys.
1: You're good. You're good. Uh, you were actually already on the show, weren't you? So, yeah, welcome back to the show. <laughs> well, you're going to let her I talk was. this time. <laughs> Well, Maddie,
3: uh, you know, should, t- should, wait, shouldn't it be put your hands up
4: for Maddie?
5: All right, oh, let's yeah. do it. There put you your go. hands up. There we go. I hope you
4: all. I hope you all are full on doing the single ladies dance right now. That's oh, yeah. what I'm envisioning. Oh yeah.
3: Mom's <laughs> his hand. I wore my black leotards today. Oh,
5: perfect.
3: That's Unfortunately, Maddie, he did.
1: <laughs> and sit down, sir. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Well, Maddie, tell us a little about 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 yourself.
4: Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I've been at Pointit now uh, for roughly about five years. Um, I've actually uh, started here as an intern, so during my senior year of school. So um, I'm I'm a youngin, uh-huh. uh, but I um, so I started back actually as a sales intern for Pointit. Not my fave, um, but I (laughs) kind of got uh, pulled into the paid search marketing team. Um, They needed help with some reporting uh, for a client. um, And then, kind of, the rest is history. So, I um, have gotten to, you know, kind of grow and learn and Mm -hmm. and take on new roles. And um, I've now moved into uh, the director role, which is a lot of fun in terms of I just get to work with a really awesome team and help lead them on a lot of different accounts uh, on the paid search side of things. So, um, I mean, that's that's me in a, a nutshell. We're out here in uh, in Seattle. Uh, we're actually in Lower Queen Anne, so we're just a couple blocks uh, from the Space Needle, which is a, a pretty nice perk uh, of our office and some nice views of the waterfront. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, but uh, Seattle girl, been here a long time, uh, graduated from Seattle University, uh, first first great gig out of school, fell in love with paid Search, and, uh, you know, the rest is, is kind of history. That's me in a nutshell. Oh, and I uh, assume you know about my deep love of Beyonce, No, which is no, now very public knowledge. We have never heard that. <laughs> Expound no, never heard upon that, huh? this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely. I did... Um, uh, a couple, uh, I was actually at a, a different conference and I, you know, I was chatting with somebody and I thought it would be so funny um, to pitch conferences that were Beyonce themed or conference sessions that were Beyonce themed. I am a diehard Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people, people say that and what they mean is like they know a couple of her songs, which like, you know, <laughs> bless you. That's, that's fantastic. Um, but like, I am like, it's like deep seated it's like i have a picture of her in my office like next to my loved one mm-hmm. uh you know i've seen her in concert quite a few times mm-hmm. i'm going to be in row 6 when she comes to seattle next month uh, does she it's, know it's this. a deep oh god i wish i think <laughs> if i met her i'm pretty <laughs> sure i would either like throw up or faint so it's uh i don't i don't know if i could like be in her presence i think it's like too much greatness at one time yeah uh but i yeah i I, it's, it's a deep, it's a deep obsession. So yeah, I pitched an idea around it and um, SMX was excited about it. And I got to combine two things that I just absolutely love, which is uh, talking about page search and um, sharing my knowledge about page search and learnings that, uh, you know, with the the community, which is a ton of fun. Yep. And I got to do it in the style of, you know, my favorite diva, Miss uh, Beyonce Knowles. So uh, it's, it was a lot of fun and it was a great experience to do and so if anyone out there ever needs a paid search advice or Beyonce advice, uh, happy to provide either. That should really be my my other title, director of Beyonce. If that was an option, Beyonce I would ambassador. have that on my business card.
1: Tell us about your company real quick.
4: Yeah, so Point It, um, we are a, a full service digital marketing agency out here uh, in Seattle, Washington. Um, so we provide services in uh, paid search, which is uh, my department that I oversee, but as well um, in paid social. Um, search engine optimization, as well as a programmatic display. Okay. Um, so uh, we're about uh, 45, 50 people right now, um, and we have clients of varying sizes, so we don't necessarily only take clients from a specific vertical or industry. and um, We have a pretty wide breadth of knowledge across you know, e-commerce, B2B, lead gen, um, quite a mix, which is really fun. And we work with clients of kind of varying sizes uh, sizes and um, you know tactics. So sure. we work with um, kind of smaller or SMB size clients as well as we work with some large like enterprise um, brands as well. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of us uh, in a nutshell. We're um, pretty big on three main principles. Um, we really focus on uh, partnering with our clients to drive uh, results and be their uh, digital marketing partner. You know, we want to be part of their. A marketing team and mm-hmm. make them feel like we're a part of their program not just an agency that you know spits out a report once a month and you never hear from them other than that. Um, but we're really big on you know knowledge sharing and collaboration. Um, that's really like what our team values and heart is around. Which you know for me is, is a big reason why I work here and, and why I enjoy working with the clients that we do. Um, so that's that's kind of pointed in a nutshell. Um, it's a it's a great little company that I got lucky to stumble upon as a an intern uh, coming out of a school here in Seattle, and and it's just been a, a mm. great. Place to be and kind of watch it grow from my point as an intern when we were roughly probably 12 to 13 people to where we are now. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. And and it's great to be able to find an organization that has those type of ideals, those type of visions, because, I mean, those, that type of company needs to separate uh, itself from a lot of stigma inside of digital marketing and SEO and, and the like. There's such garbage out there that uh, yeah. y- you have to fight against and you have to educate your, your clients as well because I, I i don't know about you but we inherit a lot of old uh, clients that have uh, have worked with digital marketing firms in the in the past and there's such a uh, you know they they're burnt they're they 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 are coming in with a heck yeah. of a lot of of uh I don't know, resentment sometimes from what they've experienced in yeah. the past.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think um Part of that challenge ends up being it it depends on what agencies they might work with, mm-hmm. you know if they're on an hourly model or if they're um on a model that that's basically an agency saying how can we give them the least amount of work possible yeah, exactly. but you know you know charge them a, a bundled price or a you know some sort of a management fee that's just kind of astronomical yeah. um, and we you know we've never taken a kind of one size fits all approach we've always focused on what is this client. Need you know what? How is their program different? How can we be agile? How can we customize? Um, and we just find that if you instead approach it more like, how do we fit into your larger program,
5: mm-hmm.
4: um, it just leads to better results um, for clients down the line. Um, we very much also are uh, an agency that likes to focus on uh, our client managers uh, doing a couple things. One of which is. Um, being both client-facing as well as, like, tactical account managers. So Mm -hmm. that way they're um, getting a breadth of experience across, like, multiple um, core competencies, Um, as well as then you're not, you know, a client isn't interfacing with somebody who's a client service person who just says, oh, yeah, your account's doing well. And then they say, oh, can you tell me about this? And they go, oh, let me get back to you. And they have to go run over to an account manager and, like, ask questions. And, you know, we like to kind of blend both of those skill sets. And then as well we have – you know, we don't hire employees based solely on, um, landing one client. So, um, if we, we staff, uh, so that our, um, client managers are working across multiple different client types mm-hmm. and sizes. That way they're oh, yeah. learning faster. They're sharing knowledge factor. Um, we just find that that makes the best employees as well as, uh, Increases our retention rate, keeps our employees happier, and um, grows them faster. So, yeah, um, which is why I've gotten to to grow the way that I have it pointed because I was given those kind of opportunities. So, that's my little pointed spiel. My point is. is great. Wow, well, <laughs> it almost sounds like you
3: started day, in sales. So. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, you know what? It does sound like you started <laughs> in sales. But here's the here's the key thing. I think every Every individual in digital marketing needs to do a, a, a stint inside of sales. They need to know what the customers yeah. are actually asking and how to actually arm the sales advocates, the, the sales personnel, with with uh, necessary information and get, be able to understand pain points that, that, that clients express. Uh, so many times oh, yeah. uh, social media or, or, or d- digital tactics are... are are a bit removed from the client, and you, you just can't have that. You have to have an embrace there, and, you know, having having a, a sales education track for anybody that comes into an organization actually is a pretty good idea.
4: Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that people think of, like, a salesperson as somebody who just, like, you know, they picture, like, sleazy car salesman, like, comes up and just, like, opens up their jackets, like, full of, like, pocket watches or <laughs> something, and instead, like, sales is about – Ultimately like Trying to determine Like what's the best fit And if that um, Person who's looking To work with an agency Like if they're not only If we're not only A good fit for them But they're a good fit for us So uh, yeah, if you get some experience, and that obviously it makes you a better um, marketer too, because you know how to answer those kind of business questions.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're you're listening to Maddie Carey. She is the the director of paid search at Pointit. Uh, I want to pull us back around to the presentation that you did. Uh, it was actually right. titled "What Would Beyonce Do? Fierce PPC Tactics to Make Your Account a Superstar." So. Uh, uh, there's some deep deep uh information in that presentation and, and the best part was is that you you literally led with Beyonce what would she do in certain things so give us the the concept of, of why you use her in in that particular essence uh, of course you're 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 a follower but i mean you're also looking at this as what would a star do inside the ppc right
4: right exactly so yeah i th- obviously themed after her for my love of her and as well as <laughs> There was just too many uh pun opportunities that yep. I couldn't miss up. Like if you like it then you should have put a bin on it. You know, <laughs> things <awesome>. like that. <laughs> that just seemed a little too in front of me that I couldn't I couldn't not grab. But yeah, definitely I mean, I think that at least when I think of Beyonce, I think of a, a level of um performer that's that's pretty untouchable in terms of appears nearly perfect. Now, is she perfect? No, nobody's perfect. Uh, she's pretty close to it though. Don't let her do um that. but I
2: Well, she's a Renaissance woman. I mean, she's close.
4: Someone's—I know. Someone might come after me after saying that. Um, But um, you know, she's she's for. uh, I think a lot of people who look to or idolize um, artists like her, like I do. um, You know, she's near perfection, and she's she's a huge star. Um, And so I did kind of take it in that approach of what are what are the things that you can be doing in your account to make your account feel. Like a star performer and see um, star performance results. So yep. um, I broke things down into a couple of different sections and I, I wanted to approach it from a lot of different angles. So I you know talked about um, feature updates, I talked about bidding tactics mm-hmm. um, as well as I approached um, I tried to approach things um, at an angle that was more just about even. Um, being part of a paid search team, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, from my agency background is, uh, you know, right in line. But even so, being in-house, you know, what, what kind of um, either qualities or behaviors or practices that you as a team should be focused on. Um, and then as well, um, when your paid search isn't performing at its best, when you're struggling or, you know, you're facing challenges, how do you kind of bounce back from that in a very Beyonce style? Um, so that's kind of how I, I wove through the presentation and, and talked through uh, different updates and, and uh, things that you can be doing uh, in search.
1: Very good. A couple things that you referenced, and we want to do a smattering of this real quick, um, the AdWords editor. And the, uh, you, you talked about the redesigned interface and some of the new features. Can you can you uh, tell us about the, some of those real quick?
4: Yeah. So um, a while back now, um, so there were some changes made uh, to AdWords editor. Basically, a new version of AdWords editor was rolled out. And I think for any PPC marketer, editors uh, are, you know, the go-to for how you can streamline building and and changes and updates uh, in the fastest way possible. Mm So the editor got basically a brand new um, interface and a a complete change in the navigation um, and just how things were clustered together and uh, organized within it. And, you know we know our industry changes all the time, you know, enhanced campaigns roll out or um, new settings completely change or new features become available. We'd never even heard of it before. Right. Um, but for editor, I think it was a, a, a tough one. I mean, maybe not as tough as enhanced campaigns, but a tough one because it was this tool we all use so much and it became very different. And I think at first people had a little bit of a, like, Oh, I don't like this. This is, uh, this is different. I I'm not into it, but you know, the, the redesigned interface, um, was I think ultimately a good facelift? It uh, to you know, there was really more did. options. It really did, and and you know, and it's very much in line. I wouldn't be surprised to see how it updates again. Mm-hmm. As uh, you know, Google just recently announced uh, about a week or two ago that throughout this next year to year and a half, they're also going to be updating the AdWords UI interface itself. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see more of these changes. Google is going to shift how we look um, at data, how we access AdWords data, and, but for PPC marketers that that feels reminiscent of enhanced campaigns, this feeling of a loss of control or a loss of features can Mm. be scary. But um, for editor, there was a lot of good changes. There was more support for things like labels, which Mm -hmm. is like a PPC marketer's dream if you love to be organized. Um, You know, there's uh, more support for things like upgraded URLs, which is an update um, for how tracking is appended to URLs, Um, new navigation and new advanced search features, which were a little less intuitive in some cases, but for the most part, um, helpful, but the biggest thing there's a lot more bulk edit and multi-select options, mm-hmm. which makes uh, mass building and, and and or applying things to multiple campaigns or ad groups just so much easier and, and a big time saver. So actually, really overall, cool. overall yeah, oh, sorry. overall uh, good
5: update.
1: Yeah, that that was really cool. The yeah. Control B to be able to change bids automatically. The shortcuts that you were refer- uh, referencing there were really cool, and the sh- and the Control U to change URLs. That was pretty neat.
4: Yeah. So yeah, so adding in more shortcuts and things like that definitely make make it a lot more accessible and and easier to use.
1: Absolutely. So, uh let's let's talk about um automated shopping extensions.
4: Yeah, another update that came along on um, this last year. So, um those are especially beneficial if you're in the e-commerce space. Yep.
5: That's um, all right.
4: Shopping, shopping campaigns is another one that, you know, we only have so much control into how we build and optimize those campaigns. Yep. Targeting is all done basically via product targets. We can't, you know, bid on keywords um, in order to show shopping ads, which I think, like, uh, the average consumer who doesn't know about paid search, like, wouldn't expect that. Um, but that, that is, you know, how they work. So um, shopping extensions was a, a new automated uh, extension feature that Google rolled out. So uh, no additional cost, you could add uh, extensions like showing things like free shipping or price drop information, uh, as well as um, things like promotional text, which before yeah. you were manually entering in, yeah, absolutely. Um, that disappeared, but you could set up, you know, promotional feeds that could uh, basically be feeding into your product feed information. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of things for me are also indicative of another shift I think Google is going to start moving in in the next year or so. which is basically creating a more dynamic SERP environment for paid search. So shopping ads, um, you know, when Google decided to remove the four uh, ads in the sidebar, um, the first thing that I thought of much like our Facebook conversation earlier is, oh, what's Google going to do to monetize that space? Um, You know, they're removing some ads that don't perform that well. What can they put there that's going to perform better? And that's where I think like,
1: what do you think about that? Because, yep. I mean, from a paid search, you're a paid search professional. I mean, we do that as well. And that was some major real estate that was just removed from us. Uh, I mean, at a, without notice.
4: Yeah, I, I, it was surprising, right? I mean, everybody kind of everybody had the like chaos moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, everybody freaked out. The, the amount of articles, and I mean, pointed in that too. I mean, we, we looked at it about, uh, about three well, we did like an announcement post about it when we saw it happen. And then we like did after about three weeks, we did, um, an analysis, uh, looking at the impact mm-hmm. to our like top, um, spending clients, you know, for the most part, what we see is that some of the impression volume has shifted a bit between like the, uh, you know, the lower to, or you know, positions like four now are getting more impression volume than they did before. Sure. Um, that's a bit of a shift as, you know, that uh, position four now sits in that that top kind of bank of results. But when we look at click volume, you know, click share hasn't really changed. People are still really clicking on positions one, two, three. Sure. Um, that didn't really shift too much. Um, depending on your vertical, um, I've read a lot of different studies about, uh, you know, or cases uh, about how CPCs have been changed. Um You know, some are claiming they're seeing bigger increases. For the most part, ours seem pretty stable, no kind of major fluctuations that are alarming. So, you know, I think for Google, they wanted to get rid of ads that I think consumers associated with being kind of junk ads. Hmm. You know, just the format of them, they feel very similar to display text ads. Um, I think the click-through rate on them has always been much lower compared when you look at the click share on positions one, two, three. And so I think they said, let's get rid of the stuff that, you know isn't our i mean for them obviously big money driver but also just not seeing very high click through rate across a bunch of different verticals let's get rid of it and i think their next step is going to be how do we monetize it so i think shopping campaigns are going to you know take up some of that space but i think they're going to find something new yeah, whether that's
1: something yep Sponsored yeah and that graph. might
4: be that might be yeah putting things in the knowledge graph Um, they had, um, you know, different, uh, extensions that they were running there before that Mm -hmm. we, um, had clients test for things. Like we had a client in the music subscription space who tested, um, running, um, you know, an ability to sign up for like free trials or purchase songs there. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, directly within the knowledge graph. So things like that, like, or buy buttons or, um, you know, even actions in relation to um, offline or online to offline, uh, you know, if we're showing any location information in that right side.
5: Certainly. I um,
4: think that Google's is going to make changes to figure out how do they monetize that in a way that's either more dynamic or more visual in some way beyond just kind of the crappy looking, you know, text ads on the right rail.
3: I'm, I'm going to go with video ads. Video ads, yeah. Ooh. Oh, the
4: next step.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, uh, what about the call
1: to actions that we've started to see peek through from uh, from a hey, if you want customer service uh, for this HVAC mm-hmm. organization, there's going to so, be a there's a battleground that's going to happen there.
3: Well, I feel like Facebook's done a better job of trying to bring conversions into their mm-hmm, engine mm-hmm. than than YouTube. I mean, mm-hmm. than. Than well, both YouTube and and Google have so so that's gonna yeah. be that's
1: gonna be a front worth waging yeah absolutely so uh, Maddie do we have you for a little bit more time here before you got to go
4: yeah excellent. yeah absolutely
1: excellent all right so we're gonna tie this one off uh, we're we're gonna continue talking to Maddie and talk about the perfect PPC team and what they should be doing coming up right after this.
0: You're listening to Edge of the Web Radio with Aaron Sparks. We're online with exclusive podcasts, the latest web news and links at edgeofthewebradio.com. Your leaders in the digital marketing revolution. Your weekly worldwide radio and podcast groundbreakers. Your agents of search engine marketing change. Well, besides the massive team of Google programmers, that is.
3: Hey, we do a lot of research and
0: production stuff for this show. Okay, settle down. We believe you. And now, time to enter Edge of the Web. Here he is, Aaron Sparks.
1: Need to introduce the players around the table. Uh, we got Doug Carr. Hello, hello, sir. We also have Tom Broadbeck, front center, and Sarah Sillinger. Howdy, howdy. And, hello. Yeah, and a newcomer to the to the show. That's Jacob Bailick. Thanks for having me. Longtime
2: listener, yeah. writer, producer. First yeah. time at the table.
1: <laughs> and that was the prepubescent uh, track that we just heard as you were coming in. Right? I'm so
2: skilled, I can crack my voice on demand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just wanted to make sure everybody knew who that was. All right. right. Welcome back to The Edge. We're we're, we're continuing our talk with Maddie Carey. Uh, She is the the director of paid search at Pointed, and she had a really cool presentation at SMX this year, reflecting on how Beyonce would do PPC. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Hey, I did want to let you know that uh, Indie AMA is meeting this uh, very day, actually. Uh, Tuesday, April uh, 12th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So Go there right now. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, check out at the Marat Apartments, Rob Fugetta, who's talking about influencer and advocate marketing. Do it now. Do it right now. Actually, after you listen to the show, do it, then. Then go do it, right? How <laughs> to get that one in. All right. Maddie, uh, you had a, you kind of shifted in some of your presentation from tactics to actually talking about the flawless PPC team. And I wanted to kind of expand upon that. Because a lot of times um, we're, we're uh, you know, onboarding, onboarding clients that have had bad experiences with their paid search before, or, or teams that, uh, marketing teams that unfortunately dropped the ball. And I, we want to arm our, the listeners of the show of what they should be expecting out of the perfect PPC team. So I'm going to ask you to take it away. What do you think about that?
4: yeah I think um I agree I think you know as somebody for myself who works in an uh, agency life, we definitely hear feedback from clients that we've inherited from uh, other groups or or even uh, people who've worked in different in-house environments and and been on you know digital marketing teams or, or specifically paid search teams mm-hmm. where um, there were just some there were some big gaps um, and I think there's a couple of ones that are kind of major red flags if you're either working with an agency or um, you're even on a team where you notice some of these things that um, it, it probably means that there's a, a a need for some sort of change um, so I think uh, I always break it down to kind of three main things, and if these three things aren't happening with an agency you're working with yep. or a team you're on that's that it, it's probably time to make a change and so um, that first thing is, you know, your P V C team should, should measure results in some way. Now, ideally, they should also be driving results, um, but they should be measuring them, defining uh, what goals are, and then actively optimizing to them. So if you're working with a group that, like, doesn't talk about what goals are, um, if you don't have some sort of goals that are timed out, whether that's, you know, it's going to be what makes the most sense for your business, so whether that's, Monthly, quarterly, yearly, whatever that might be, um, you know if they instead are very um, you know kind of shady with how they report on things for lack of a better word, you know do they lump everything together, do they not segment things out? do they hide certain metrics? Um, you know if they don't let you like kind of look at your raw data, right. um, if they only ever talk about positive results, they never mention when things don't perform well or when a test like didn't go well? That probably means that the agency you're working with isn't either accurately measuring things, or doesn't have any clear goals, or worst case scenario knows the goals but is not um, being transparent about them. Absolutely. So I, I, that's.
1: I'm going to ask you to reach back there. Yeah. If they're not showing the raw data, if they if you can actually ask them, okay, let me see, let me see Google, right, and let, and let me see what what your data is that you're making these these these, these steerage decisions by. If um, they if they're, if they're mm-hmm. not forthcoming time to get off the ship as quickly as possible because i mean that's where i mean a a good ppc manager should be proud of that now at the same time you can you can the the client can can get mired in tech whenever you're dealing with a lot of ppc a lot of different campaigns but the, 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 the technician should be able to show those decisive measures and show why they made the decision that they did right
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you see it in everything. I mean, it's, I think it can be uh, something that, you know, we were talking about some of the stigma that comes in, in different, you know, channels uh, when people work with certain agencies and they get burned and they have a bad experience, but you, you see it outside of paid search too. I mean, a big one is, um, you know, we've kind of grown our programmatic display side of the business and, you know, we really try to position ourselves as a group who's very um, transparent with, um, how, uh, you know, cost, uh, is being measured or, right. um, being relayed to the client. And you'd be surprised how many, um, you know, media groups or, um, media buying groups will really just kind of hide and, and, uh, lump that under, mm. uh, you know, this kind of, you know, let's say like a $5 CPM model. And later you find that there's, you know, in that a big old, uh, you know, Profit margin that they're pocketing—that you know you're paying for—without any sort of transparency. So, I think you can find it in a lot of different industries. But yeah, if you're working with any group um, where they can't answer those kind of questions, what's the raw data, or what's baked into this cost? Um, you know, that's a red flag, and it's time to to look for another group to work yeah, with for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, give us another key point uh, of dealing with the, the uh, looking for the perfect PPC team there.
4: Yeah, I think another big one uh is around knowledge sharing. So the great thing about the industry we're in is because it changes so much, um I've really noticed in my kind of five or six years that I've, you know, started from uh you know no PVC knowledge to now is that the community is is really open to knowledge sharing, you know. Um there's not a necessarily an internal kind of competition within the digital marketing community to not um, share best practices or learnings or tricks of how to do things more efficiently. So if you're working with a team that's not like that, you know, they um, aren't ensuring best practices. They're not looking for opportunities to learn or test something. Um, if they're uh, similarly, you know, if they're not sharing what works well as well as what doesn't work well, um, then that probably means they're not a very, proactive group, they're not looking for new opportunity, um, and they're also not interested in, in sharing learning, even from, you know, client to, uh, you know, account manager. So, that's another one, another big red flag, you know, if even here at Point It, when we're looking at hiring, um, we specifically look at hiring somebody who expresses an interest in either knowledge or knowledge sharing. Yep. If they don't, or they, you know, really don't value that, then, you know, they're not going to be a good fit for us, because that's really a big value of ours.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, You also uh, uh, brought up the point of regular communication in your presentation of who, uh, uh, what should make up that perfect PPC. And uh, uh, that is essential uh, in, in so many different tactics and so many different types of digital campaigns. If you're hiring a marketer, you need to you have regular calls and regular check-ins and you need to be talking to the consumer or the customer or the client uh, in, in a manner that they they would like to be uh, communicated to, but um I think also what you 're talking about for regular communication is between different members of the team, correct
4: yeah, I mean really for both um you know either internally across your team as well as externally to your client, I think communication is like m- probably the most important skill really in anything mm-hmm. i mean business and work. I mean, relationships, I mean, it, it, it really like transcends all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, what we see oftentimes in, um, you know, paid search communication. So whether that's like agency and client, um, it's not only that they're not communicating, but that there's usually some sort of like misunderstandings or communication gets lost in certain, certain channels, whether that's email and things get misinterpreted or, you know, there's also, um, I see a lot of client managers, uh, you know, who work for companies where they work with a client and all they do is they say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the client says, we want to launch this. And they say, yeah, absolutely. Even if that tactic is going to have a, you know, a negative impact on that client and their goal. Um, <laughs> that it's more just about like, it's, it's a hard conversation to have, but yeah, You'd rather have it then than a year later when they say, how come we didn't perform? And you said, well, I was going to tell you that that idea was really bad, but mm-hmm. I didn't because I wanted to keep you happy. Um, that's ultimately not going to help you as their agency, and it's not going to help them hit their goal. Absolutely. And um, so they're and, challenging conversations, yeah. but they're important.
1: The, and they're not going to be the client for that much longer. So, I mean, for the, yeah. for the exactly. focus of keeping that partnership, you have to have those while we're still friends uh, discussions, right? And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and on top of that, you need to, I mean, uh, let me know how you feel about this, but there are scenarios where um, the, 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 the clients kind of web MD'd themselves. They've self-medicated. They've, they've, they've diagnosed, I should say, not self-medicated. no, no. I'm stumbling
2: in. Um, <laughs> well, they try to self-medicate. They do. They, they, they try.
1: They don't. And they they think they know where they want to go. And a lot of Type A type of cus, uh, clients uh, are usually owners of the organization. No offense to those yeah. out there. I mean, there's a reason why you're. No offense in. taken. Uh, except for <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that is that they are not armed with the full level of information and market knowledge. Very similar to Doug, um, you you have to educate, but you also have to be you know in a position where they have to take your authority and advice, and that has to get straight immediately. Otherwise, you have uh, you have one extra cook in the kitchen that is literally mm-hmm. messing up the entire recipe. You know,
4: yeah, and that's where I'll say, let's go to the data. You know, if they're yeah. pretty certain that something's going to work, oh, the snap. great thing about digital marketing yep. is that it's instantaneous. You don't have to wait. Six months to see if some print campaign you did or TV ad you ran actually, That's you know, right. did anything, and even then probably can't measure what it really drove. So you know, you can point to numbers, mm-hmm. um, and as well, like it, that might feel very much like an agency saying, like, "Well, ha, I can prove you wrong." But at the same token, a client can point to it if you know you're sure something's going to work. You, you know, come together and decide we're going to try it. Right. And then if it doesn't work, the client can say, hey, you know, the numbers indicate we need to pivot our strategy. So instead, it can create an environment where you're partnering mm-hmm. rather than one person just, you know, dictating the conversation uh, via your communication. A, a
1: final in- uh, inquiry with you. Um, we do want to cover that your, your last points regarding Beyonce. But one 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 key thought that I wanted you to, to, to contribute here. How do you get your feedback from your clients about their leads, about the value that you're bringing in uh, via PPC, via paid search? How do they actually communicate back to you what those leads actually meant to their bottom line?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, in the paid search realm, I mean, primarily what we're doing is we're, we're partnering with that client to figure out how best to track. Mm -hmm. Uh, that lead quality. So um, for um, a lot of clients, it's figuring out some sort of uh, customization in either importing uh, metrics from, you know, their programs like Salesforce um, or, you know, using some other tool like that um, to understand, you know, how things are actually performing. We don't want to just drive leads for the sake of driving leads. We want to understand... Um, If they're qualified and if they hopefully then down the line uh, lead to some sort of prospect or opportunity. Um, So and that's how we work it. It really varies for us depending on the client, the kind of client we're working with.
1: Absolutely. But it has to be there, does it not?
4: Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, I think if you're not doing that, if you're just solely driving leads, you're really not getting the full story of your performance. You're kind of, that would be kind of the equivalent of if we only looked at click-through rate and we never looked at conversion or conversion rate, a lead is the first step in the funnel and it's not the completion of your desired action. Hopefully, your desired action is, you know, some sort of revenue. That's (laughs) that's the exactly
1: exactly. And I mean, the clients have to be forthcoming with that. All right. uh, How do you bounce back Beyonce style?
4: I mean, there's a couple of ways that I think you can do it. Hopefully, you're learning, you're applying best practices, um, you're sharing with the community, you're being proactive. You know, a lot of what I talk about in the presentation is around some of those core competencies, but as well touch on best practice as well as new tactics and new features. But I think the biggest thing is that um, paid search, because it is instantaneous, you can bounce back quickly. You can make changes that allow you to you know, change the direction of how things are going. Um, So as you do that, you know, just remember that you're a human being and even, even Beyonce is human, though hard to believe. (laughs) Um, And you, you really can, you can, you know, change the course of things with usually some simple proactive action.
1: Well, you know what? Thank you so much, Maddie, for giving us your time today and talking about some of the best standards and techniques inside of PPC as well as what Beyonce would do in that space. Uh, we don't have that many celebrities around, and we certainly want to give, give a give a uh, heads-up to Beyonce about you being her number one fan.
2: Right? Well, we have plenty of SEO celebrities, not mainstream <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> Beyonce's big on the SEO, so she listens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, She's she, a follower of ours. She, yep.
1: Well we we're just going <laughs> to we're just going to have to introduce you.
3: You went pretty uh, decent amount of time with a serious face drop yeah.
1: as
2: are
3: all the single ladies.
2: <laughs>
1: there it is. Yes. <laughs> all right, hey Maddie, any last words for the good of the cause here?
4: Ah, uh, I mean, thanks for having me guys. Otherwise, uh, you know, keep listening to Beyonce, step number 1, yeah. especially when you're doing PPC optimizations. I find it super effective. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, um, you know, anybody listening can always reach out to me yep. on Twitter at at Maddie Marketer or to point it. Um, we love talking about page search. We love talking about new ideas. um, you know, we love uh, helping clients uh, hit their results and partnering with them. So. Um, but otherwise, it was great to talk to you guys today and do some knowledge sharing here, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: Excellent, excellent. All right, so follow follow Maddie at Maddie Marketer uh, on Twitter, and uh, uh, thank you so much. And uh, you know, we'll love to have you back at, at a later date.
4: Yeah, thank you, guys.
1: All right, thanks. Okay, hey, uh, we're going to jump into the seas of marketing technology with none other than the purveyor of all things marketing tech. That's going to be Douglas Carr of Marketing Tech Blog, coming up right after this.
0: You're listening to Edge of the Web Radio with Aaron Sparks. We're online with exclusive podcasts, the latest web news, and links at edgeofthewebradio.com are staying ahead of the search engine marketing trends by subscribing to this podcast Edge of the Web.
3: Wow! These guys are good. Very
0: good. Wait a minute, you're not a subscriber? It's time to crawl out of the 90s and first-decade 2000s mindset and start following us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and more. Now, here's Aaron Sparks.
3: This nerd makes me seem like
5: Rambo. I don't think so. John Stamos? Warmer. All right, hey, we're back, back at it.
1: Thanks for listening to Edge of the Web Radio. We're talking about internet marketing and internet content trends of 2016. You'll hear nowhere else. This show is presented by Site Strategics, your local face-to-face and uh, web design and internet marketing uh, company. We're online at sitestrategics.com, S-I-T-E, strategics.com. Catch all the information from the show at edgeofthewebradio.com. We've got videos, audio, and everything we do and much more. Hey! I'm going to introduce you to a man who needs no introduction. He just needs a conclusion. That's Douglas Carr, marketing tech blog.
2: Technology.
1: Marketing
0: tech blog. You know, you can really get trapped in that web of beepers and Zenith televisions and Walkmans, and Discmans, and floppy disks, zip drives, laser disks, answering machines, and Nintendo Power Glove. Wow, you know so much about technology.
2: Technology. Buy it, easy, break it, fix it, it, wow. Wow. It,
3: I am a i'm i'm a ppc legend after that those know, that, right? that's some great tips uh i'm going to use that 150 dollars certificate email that i get every 2 days from google now <laughs> 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 go get me some leads um, <laughs> uh, incredible information and i think it but it really points to why you need an agency handling yeah you got too. that right the risk is really high it uh, is we have a, we have an incredible, uh, post, uh, that I want to share with everybody. And it's basically 20 ways to get your content ranking better than your competitor. And I'm telling everybody, this is, this is a, a methodology that we use often for our clients and for ourselves. Um,
2: I'm good over here. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Wow.
3: <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> um, it is incredible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but this is a method that we use with, with, our, with our own posts. So uh, typically what we'll do is we'll analyze and we'll see that, wow, we're ranking like page two or bottom of page one for a, for a given post. And we'll see that it's getting, you know, some sporadic traffic. But we say, you know, how can we dress up that content? And so the first thing we do is we go look at who's winning. Who's winning and how are they winning? and the majority of the time you know there's kind of two trains of thought as you as you look at this is one is you know some SEO guys will just go wow oh, we'll backlink the crap out of it and we'll rank number 1 and we've seen some results with that but it's typically like a temporary result mm-hmm. um but the second way is beat them on content do a better better job with your content and so we ran down basically twenty different things that you can do to optimize your page mm-hmm. to basically win a search against a competitor. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going to zip through them fairly quick, and then and then at the end I'm going to talk about the last few. Uh, but the first one is your post slug, and if you ever look at a URL, a web address, and and there's that you know you have your domain.com/slash something something something, and it's typically words. Uh, In the old days, it used to be IDs and everything else, but that's called a post slug. And within content management systems, you can customize that. We try to keep those really short and sweet and to the point and on target with the keywords that we want to rank for. Um, The second thing that we do is we add content types. So things like audio, graphics, video, those are having a dramatic impact on people sharing nowadays. And so... If you can put a great video up, and sometimes we just search for a video that somebody else has done. Right. Uh, and we share that online because it's a great video about something. And boom, all of a sudden we rise to the top of the search engines using somebody else's hmm. you know, so video. It's almost
1: like you're at, you, you've got a life, a life preserver or you got some buoyancy there. Exactly. Huh.
3: exactly. Page title, of course. Yep. That's probably the number one thing. You, know, you want to make sure that it's short and sweet and to the point. Um, utilizing simple writing, I think a lot of people try to sound too intelligent with their writing, and they go-
1: I've never thought that of you.
3: I know, and that's, <laughs> and that's why. Ah. So I dumb it down so that even you can understand my <laughs> Thank stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you see that volley? <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Softball, home run. <laughs> um, so, but, but a lot of people use you know, acronyms and industry terms and buzzwords. If we use those, we'll explain them. Within, So you'll right. see a lot of descriptions and a lot of acronym descriptions within our content. Hmm. The reason why is we are. We're trying to make it simple for people to read that content. Uh, your page structure, and what we mean by this is the formatting of the page. If I look at your page, is it just one big, huge blob yeah. of yeah, text? Yeah. Or is, is it something that has some bullet points that I can point out, some subheadings that can grab my attention? Um, is it readable? Yeah, is it readable? And which brings us to the next one, fonts. Um, Believe it or not, uh, the average font size for a page one ranking is? 14, 16. 15.8 pixels. Yeah, which is pretty, that's dramatically high from years ago. And the reason is because people are running much higher resolution screens nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hmm. visuals, the average article ranking first had nine images within the page. So uh, so you'll see a lot of people now are breaking up their content with step-by-step instructions yep. and images and everything else. Um, with photos, I would encourage people that we utilize stock photos quite a bit but we use it as a descriptor, I guess, to grab people's attention for the content within. Mm-hmm. But if you're writing about your company, absolutely take photos, get a professional photographer, or even you know, take something with your iPhone. That personal touch to an image mm-hmm. is going to capture people's attention much more. And again, it's going to differentiate your content from your competitors. Um, share buttons. I can't believe that people forget this all the time, but <laughs> make true. your content shareable. More people will read it. More people read it. That means more people will link to it. If it's a great article, more people linking to it will get you right higher. So don't forget that. Um, Links. uh, These guys have done an analysis and basically showed that, Outbound links work well. Yeah. Not bad. And I think a lot of the old SEO guys would say, Oh no, you're pouring out your juice. You know, you're pointing out to yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead you're validating the yeah. the honesty and integrity of the content that you're writing by by saying, Hey, these guys are authorities and and so I think that's important. Content length is becoming more important over time. Um I, and that's one that I've seen a lot of variation on between 1000 and 2000. I've seen that huge variation on the word count on pages.
1: That goes I mean that goes completely against what I'd expect from a mobile yeah. environment. I think I would think that it'd be l- less consumable. <laughs> I think just, I uh, think
3: what they want is depth. Yeah. And if your page structure is good where you're using subheadings and sections sure. and you know, then I think you're okay, but what they're looking for is depth of content. That if if Google's you know sees a page that people are bouncing fairly quick or, mm-hmm. or you know just uh, it's not getting shared too much, but in depth I think tends to um, not only attract people from a search engine but also from an engagement uh, standpoint. If you really want to read about a specific technology, let's say on the marketing tech blog, I need to write a thorough article about it. Otherwise, people are going to go somewhere else and read. Yeah. It. Um Of course, along with having sharing buttons, is share it. Share your stuff socially, and we don't just share our stuff when we write it. We share it constantly. In mm-hmm. fact, we've got an engine basically on the back of ours that takes articles, I think, from the last 300 days and consistent, consistently repost them to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And the reason is, is because you're not sitting on Twitter all day. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing. So, put it on Twitter every once in a while. I've never had a complaint that people said, I saw that six times in the last year. Never, never, ha! never got a complaint. Um, and
1: then they just uh, silently unfollow you, but I mean, th-
3: hey. they might. Um, <laughs> our, our, you know, I mean, our engagement is up, so yeah. I, 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 I test too. Believe me, I, I was doing it one time, I was sharing every 15 minutes on Twitter. And that's when it started to barrel. That's when people started to leave. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I cranked it back to like every couple hours we have an update now. Um, uh, Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of it. And here's where I think people, uh, agencies especially, are differentiating their clients. Mm -hmm. The first one is pitching your content. And that's it. If you've worked hard and you've developed this incredible page, maybe it's infographics, video, or whatever, Mm -hmm. go get a PR person to pitch it. Send it to influencers and say, hey, you know what? Would love your feedback on this. You know, maybe get a quote from you, you know, for the article. Um, And and when influencers within the industry start sharing your content, that validation is just huge. One, they're going to reach a very wide audience. Um, and if they don't link to it, again, the chances of we getting it getting linked to are, are really important.
1: Let's wash, rinse, and repeat. I mean, you just can't think that it's just one posting. You have, right. a, you have a lifeblood to give these different documents, these different on, these different posts, the different site structure. You have to keep on focusing on that. Yes. Um, and, and different the, methods, too.
3: Yeah. It, absolutely. And the, the last ones that I'm going to talk about is I think a lot of people overlook the importance of an author. And what I mean by that is not just a name, mm-hmm. but a photo yep. and a description of why they're an influ or why they're a leader or authority within the industry. I, uh, people, when I read a, a kind of a generic evergreen article mm. and it has by the company name, yep. I, I tend to just kind of walk away from it. But when I see an actual person's name and a person's picture there, I go, "Wow, this 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 person knows what they're doing." And then that face, you know, sticks with me. That's right. Um, mobile formats, I don't think are touched on this, but are becoming more and more important. AMP, and then uh, mm-hmm. Facebook has the was it instant, instant articles, instant articles. Um, which I applied for. I haven't heard back yet. Um, but so so those are important. A- Apple News, mm-hmm. which uh, we we got approved for. Um, And then the next ones are from the quality of your content. Primary research. If you're sitting on a mountain of data, so you've got a large company maybe, or maybe it's it's a large company within your industry, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing some kind of trend happening or whatever, if you can share primary information about your industry online, everybody in the industry will snatch it and go scream Mm -hmm. and tell everybody about it. And I think primary research is one of those that people just don't, we bug our clients. We have software as a service customers that have, you know, billions of rows. And we always ask them, like, what kind of proprietary research could we do with the data that you have? It's anonymous, you know, but it's about the industry and what's happening. So if it's uh, if it's email subscribers, maybe it's what's the average turnover in a B2B data set for email addresses? That would be really critical information to know that wow you know 20% of people you know change jobs or something like that and everybody in the industry will share it if you put it out there
1: Um, people are people are looking for good data sources they are all the time
3: absolutely Um, and then the second is the people that are sharing it it's curated secondary research. And so secondary research is like this infographic. These guys went to eight or 12 different sites and got all these statistics, but then painted a picture and a story with it, which hmm. is often an infographic. Yep. Um, so curated secondary research is a great way of doing it too. It's not as expensive typically as kind of a primary research mm-hmm. because all it takes is honestly a couple of interns to go out and scour the web and find some recent data um, and then the last one that I think everybody overlooks, but it's becoming absolutely critical, is paying for promotion. And that's uh, paid search promotion, native advertising, paid social promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. these, these are great investments nowadays. You know, the, I was reading a thing the other day that someone took, you know, a couple hundred bucks on Facebook and had something like 83,000 views with that. 83,000 views. It was Dennis Yu, wow. matter wow. of fact. He's a huge Facebook guru. And uh, and so I think people are vastly underestimating that that they think, well, it's all organic. It's all organic. Well, that's great if it's organic. Then you're relying totally on search and totally on getting found. But there's all of these other avenues, you know, to get into people's you know, uh in, into people's stream. Mm-hmm. You know, that if it's native advertising, maybe I'm reading TechCrunch and I see an article, you know, from Site Strategics or something, right. you know, as a related article. These are absolutely critical and the cost is very, very low. And I, I think you have to look at it two different ways. I think a lot of people look at it like pay per click. Well what's our you know cost per click and cost per conversion. Mm. But I think you have to look at it another way too and that's that what is the awareness that you can build? You know, if you're going to go sponsor a show and have your logo on a banner, mm-hmm. you know, you'll spend $25,000, but you're writing content every single day and you're not promoting it anywhere. <laughs> if you spent $25,000 a year promoting your content. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh
1: it'd be gosh. everywhere. Yeah. And, and it just it goes to prioritization and, and C-levels and CMOs yeah. sometimes do not understand the value of what they're churning
3: out. Well, awareness is that first step yep. in everything, right? And admitting con-
1: that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: And so content, you know, getting content, uh, just getting your brand out there from yep. a, an awareness standpoint is a critical aspect of your overall marketing efforts. It's not always, hey, did that attract someone to buy right you know it's someone will buy eventually but you've got to get out there and you've got to be seen as a leader within your industry so 20 ways to get your content ranking better than your competitors uh just do a search for that on the marketing tech blog yeah we saw that and we, we you'll uh, find
1: it we certainly uh, linked to a, a marketing tech blog has such a great wealth of information coming out of it all the time i mean literally three or four blog posts a day if not more uh go through two two
3: It just seems like that.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what it is? It's we promote. Yeah, you do. We promote yeah. probably
3: a dozen articles a day.
1: I know. know. So that's it. That's probably what I yeah. see all the time. Absolutely. So go check out Marketing Tech Blog. If you haven't been there, what's wrong
3: with you? you
1: got to go see that real
3: quick. Sign up for the newsletter. That's the that's the biggest yeah. thing. If, you, if you're going to the site and reading every day, you're probably going to read one out of ten articles that yeah. are really yeah. relevant to you. But if you sign up for the newsletter, you can scan on a weekly basis and go, ooh, that's a good nugget. Let me read that article. Hey, how do they sign up for the newsletter? They go to a marketing tech blog and they'll and get it falls nice, on them <laughs> and they will get a nice big fat subscribe.
2: It pops up about twelve times.
1: Uh, oh no! Not some... if you sign up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sign up and it won't bother you. <laughs> this is like newsletter
1: extortion. <laughs> uh,
3: yes, that's exactly what it is.
1: Very cool. All right, Marketing Tech Blog, uh, all good information for a novice uh, advertiser or marketer, uh, all the way to savvy professionals. There's always good information out there. Thank you very much, Doug. And I I think uh, with this, we're going to say thanks for listening to Edge of the Web Radio. Special thank you to my colleagues at Site Strategics and uh, uh, show sponsor, Douglas Carver Marketing Tech Blog, especially Maddie Carey from from Pointed. Uh, It was a great series of uh, uh, segments there talking about people. PC. We really
3: got deep into that. I loved
1: it. Be sure to check out all the must-see videos and much more insider information at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. We'll talk to you next week. Do not be a piece of Cyber Driftwood.
0: Edge of the Web.